ETH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Diane for running the board. I'm Dave Palmer, executive director here at the station. And you know, in this program, we cover a lot of different things. If it's local and it's Catholic, then it fits as an interview of the week. And on uh, many occasions over the last 15 years, we've been able to sit down with uh, folks, listeners of Catholic Radio, and just talk about their story because we all love stories. We love testimonies. And uh, our our friend Mark Culver, who has been a longtime volunteer. Near, volunteer along with his wife, Loan, uh, our parishioners at St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Flower Mound, uh, which in and of itself is a whole new story because they just built a new church and it's beautiful. Uh, but we're going to talk about his story, which is uh, wonderful. And Mark, thanks for coming in and, and uh, doing a little bonus interview with me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. Yeah, let's uh, talk about your early life brought up by some good parents. And uh, I know you at least had one sibling, a brother uh but no not a lot of organized faith life right, right. you guys you know he's i guess my parents are christian but never went to church and so that was basically the first 18 or so years of your life right right that's that's the extent of it my parents were christian um we didn't have we never went to church we never had a prayer life and my dad would read books about different faiths i don't know if he was searching himself trying to learn but I can only remember maybe two or three conversations with my dad about anything religious, and it was very limited, and it wasn't probing in any way or to learn. It was mm-hmm. just just very shallow, um, you know, whatever the context of the conversation was at the time. So I didn't know any better. I was very fortunate that our parents loved us, and I think they had a— a Christian inner self that that helped us to to be raised right, but we were missing something, and I felt it, but didn't know it at the time until my brother and I were talking when we were in our late teens, and my brother is two years younger than me; he's my only sibling. But Mike and I were talking about uh, faith, and he had mentioned that he had joined the Lutheran Church because a good friend of his had invited him into the church, and he went, and he liked it. And when we were having that conversation, I told my brother, yes, I knew we were missing something. I, you know, I'm glad for you. And it was the first time I had ever articulated that whatever that was that was missing, you can't put your finger on it, but having my brother there starting to go to church, it's like we're missing a faith. We're missing a closeness to God. I didn't act on it in any way. But it made me realize what was there. And kind of planted a seed, planted right? Planted a seed. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. very well put. I always wanted a family, I think because of the love of my parents. So I knew that I wanted to have a good family and raise a family the way my parents had raised us. So fast forward a couple years and I was in college and I was in a chemistry class and it was one of these big university or one of these um, auditorium style yeah, classrooms. Yeah. And I was sitting a couple rows behind a pretty young lady with long black hair and like, oh, she looks very nice. <laughs> and as it turns out, her brother and I were in classes in uh, chemical and engineering at Georgia Tech together. So, so we actually shared a class and we became good friends. So I also found out we lived pretty close to each other, and we were both commuting. So I said, 
do you want to ride to school together? And he said, that's fine. Can his sister come? <laughs> so I said, sure. You know, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, sure. Dumbest question ever asked, yeah, right? <laughs> so, so I didn't have any designs on her at the time, but it was she was someone I wanted to meet, and I did get to meet her through the carpool. And then yeah. I moved over to the table she was sitting at in the library and got to know her better. And so we started going out. And it was probably about four months into our dating, it was starting to get serious. And one time I picked her up for a date and she basically told me, if this is going anywhere, you have to be Catholic. Hmm. And it might sound like a serious challenge, and it was from her point of view, but I really embraced it because we had already, for all those months of dating, our Saturday night date started with going to vigil mass. Yeah. So yeah. I had been exposed to the Catholic faith. And I think that was what was behind just a special goodness that I saw in her. Yeah. So interestingly, you know, the Lutheran religion is a liturgical type of faith. And so your brother, you know, was Lutheran and all that. Yeah. When, when she first took you to mass, do you remember your first impression or what did you, was, did it appeal to you or was it more like, it you appealed know? to me because, you know, growing up, you hear about the Pope, you know, so the Pope was always a news item mm -hmm. uh, on world events. And that, I just had the sense that there was some authority in the Pope, but that, he's a really important guy. And, yeah. uh, but, but the authority aspect, I didn't know why there was a Pope, but the liturgy itself, it was very formal. It didn't. It wasn't the fire and brimstone and the things you saw on TV if you were flipping channels and, you know, I don't know, there's Jim Baker or somebody, but it yeah. wasn't, it was different. It was structured. You felt religious. You felt like you were close to God mm -hmm. in here. And I, I didn't know why, but just, I think I understood enough that, well, there's Catholic and then there's a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, but without knowing the history. So... I was never afraid of it. I enjoyed going there um, just for the little bit that I would learn, and I knew that was just part of the journey that I had set for myself. I'm committed to get into the faith because I'm committed to this young lady. Yeah. And then you enter RCIA, right? It was kind of a fast-track RCIA. I remember more having one-on-one -on -one conversations with our pastor than, um, than actually attending a class with other people. But we went through the bands of marriage and all that. So there was all the, just kind of the rubrics about how to come into the faith, how to be uh, joined in a sacramental marriage and mm -hmm. so forth. So you got married, you're Catholic, you went through the fast track RCIA. And is this about the time, do you, do you move, move to North Texas or what? what, what? No, this was... Um, still in Atlanta, we're right? We're still in Atlanta. Uh, my first job after graduating was actually in South Texas in Victoria. Oh, okay. Okay. And so we lived there about three years. And then we lived in the Carolinas for probably about 19 or 20 years. So I came to Dallas in 2003. Okay. Uh, Flower Mound. And join St. Phillips right join away. Join St. Phillips right off. And so you're here. So you say 2003. Yes. So I didn't even have Catholic radio yet because we didn't even start until 2006. 
what was so now you're you know you're 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 a catholic you're a father you're a, a husband you know embracing the catholic faith at this point or or is you kind of going through the motions or what well i would say lukewarm at best yeah so my i wasn't sacrificing much we were going to church regularly and and our kids had you know grown so we were empty nesters when we came to texas um but still pretty lukewarm but every lent you know i would give up candy so that was my that was my big sacrifice <laughs> and i started reading scripture probably some 20 years after you know we'd been married and um that would help me reflect a little bit so it was a little more but i wasn't getting transformed in any way and around 2013 or 2014 i made the commitment for this lent i'm going to turn off the radio station i listen to in my commute and just listen to nothing but catholic radio even the commercials i'm not going to turn it off <laughs> so so i stuck with it and as i said i had been doing reflections and you know picking up bits and pieces of of things in the mass um from the liturgy and so forth but it was actually starting to give me some doubts about not the faith but aspects of it so i didn't never had a problem with mary or the trinity but as an engineer, I would just look at the sky and say, how can God have done that? Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand creation. So that was causing me some trouble. And I, um, a few months before I made this Lenten commitment, I'd gone to a confession. I, I told the priest, I said, how can God do all that? And he just gave me this look that kind of freaked me out. <laughs> and, and it concerned me. It's like yeah. he gave me a scriptural answer. Um, but it wasn't satisfying because it was the same thing I'd heard, um, yeah. you know, pretty much the whole time I'd been Catholic. When I started listening to Catholic radio during this Lent, and one day Jimmy Aiken came on on Catholic Answers, and he explained creation and, and first cause. And he said it so simply and elegantly that it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, why it I accepted it, I don't know, but it just that that's when it yeah. clicked. Yeah, and that was a big hole in this puzzle, um, this faith puzzle of my life that you know was hardly built at all, but it filled a big hole. And um, on these radio stations, especially in the Q and A formats, you hear the same questions come up, so you get the same information from different angles, and things really start to make sense. And all mm-hmm. these pieces of the puzzle of my faith were coming together. And pretty soon I had a a decent intellectual picture yeah, so yeah. of of what the faith was. And as I learned stuff about the third week into Lent, I just felt like Jesus was right there in the car with me because I was starting to feel so joyful about what I was learning and and what how it helped me. It's like, yes, I feel a change. Mm-hmm. And it made me when I would get home, I would tell my wife, oh, I heard this on the radio, and she started listening. And she had different commute hours, so she was li- listening to different shows than I was. So she started telling me the things she heard, and we just started, we'd get home, it's like, oh, I heard this. And we w- that was our conversation. Yeah. And it built us both up. It brought us closer together, but it built us both up into the faith. So she was always the driver of the faith in our house. Mm-hmm. But... Now I could start contributing, and it, it's helped us immensely, and 
it continues to help because yeah. now, you know, after an intellectual thing, it still doesn't, intellect doesn't tell you how to live your life or how to pray. Yeah. And so I, I still get that in, you know, just different shows and just practicing what I hear day to day. Yeah. And you have this analogy of uh, like having Jesus in the car, you yes. know, uh, with you, which I guess means you can go in the HOV lane because you've got somebody <laughs> else with you, right? Never tried it. But, but. Uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I love that, that analogy because it's a, it's a friendship type of thing. It's like, you know, you got Jesus there and, uh, you know, but uh, can you expound on that if you will? How do, well, having a joy in your heart, I think also gives you a strength of conviction on, on different things, and you really start to see life differently. Um, and I would say that change came at a time in my life where we went through as a family a couple very difficult periods, and I am thankful that God came into my life at that time. Yeah. Um, we lost our first grandchild, for example, in 2015. And I don't know how I would have handled that without having that faith. It was, it was a tough time, but yeah, I, I really owe that, that transformation that I got by, by being involved and being brought to the faith through the radio um, as helping me get through that. Yeah. I love, you know, your story, because most engineers are head people, you know, and, and, and rightfully so. You got to analyze, you got to you know, do the math and all that kind of stuff. And you needed these puzzle pieces to be filled in. But, uh, you know, you can tell just from, you know, the tone of your voice and the way you're telling the story, especially about losing your, your grandchild, that uh, the faith in Catholic radio has, has gotten you in the heart, too. You know, it's, it's a heart and head full you know, full person type of blessing. And I know it's, it's really blessed your, your marriage as well. Very much uh, so. so it's just, it's, it, 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 it's just, it's beautiful to see, uh, you know, who you are now as compared to maybe, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Right. I, yeah, there's, um, I remember going to a conference that I'd heard about and we, we attended some guy was wearing a t-shirt and, and his shirt said, I'm not the, man god wants me to be but thank god i'm not the man i used to be mm-hmm. and i can it's like yeah that's me um but i also reflect a lot on how the radio has helped me in in really a, a lifelong journey so mother Teresa says uh what if you pray you will believe if you believe you will love and if you love you will <coughs> serve mm. and i've sort of checked the first two boxes pretty good and loving is takes an act of the will and and serving definitely does and so you have to stay you know what do they say keep the knife sharp and everything yeah, so you yeah. have to really stay stay with it so so while i've heard a lot of the intellectual things over and over again is i listen more now that i'm retired to some of the how do you live your life things and just you know the problems people have you know and how they deal with it and it just it helps you grow your own prayer life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, that quote from Mother Teresa, because I know in talking to Cecil, because you and Cecil both are at the same parish, St. Right. Philip's in Flower Mound, she said, you are always there. You're always the one volunteering. You're always in, involved. I'm, I'm sure uh, Father McDaniel loves you because you're, you're so active. And, that, and then, like you say, now that you're retired, you know, there's a lot of things you could do. You could devote your time to a lot of different places, but you clearly feel it's important to serve at your parish, right? Right, right. I was I was very fortunate to 
hit the retirement date I wanted to, so I had time to actually plan. And I knew, <coughs> I knew I wanted to do more at the church. I didn't really know what it was, but I had been getting invitations, join this, join that, and everything. And and my wife, she still does a lot about driving the faith in our house. Yeah. So it's, it's more mutual now, but she hasn't lost her. Her mm-hmm. gift of you know let's let's stay close to God and let's try to get each other to heaven. So, so she's helped me as well get more involved and I love it. It's I love St. Philip's um, and I love the ministries that I've joined. They they help you grow too. They've they help on that, those last two. If you love, you will serve those two. Um, yeah. you really have to get involved. I think to to address those. It's not an intellectual thing. Yeah, and I know intellect is not prayer. You know, yeah, I remember the first time, I, I believe the first time you came in to volunteer during a Sherathon, you came with Loan. Right. And uh, the two of you are here. I think you've been back since by yourself. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, at that time, you're just Mark and Lawan Culver. Yeah, yeah. And it's so great to hear your story. But uh, obviously, uh, as I, a lot of people feel like the, the radio station has blessed me, so I'm going to give back and I'm going to help out. We appreciate it very much that you that you turn around and, and bless us as well. Thank you. I'm I'm glad this radio station is here. Yeah, it, it does so much for this for for lives. You still like it better than the conservative talk radio? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, I, I've, I've heard no that lie. story so many times. In fact, I, um, I remember a uh, father, Father Petter, who used to be the pastor of mm-hmm. St. Anne's and Capel, right. uh, told me a similar story one time about right. how he, he didn't like Catholic. He didn't like Catholic radio. He didn't like the idea of it. So one Lent, he decided as a, almost like a, uh, yeah, like a penance, <laughs> right. he was going to listen to Catholic radio. And right. he told me, he said, I was like, wow, I kind of like this. And he all of a sudden, he was jotting down notes for his homilies and uh, it it became much more and he has contributed and, and donated as right. I know you and Loan have as well so beautiful story and it's not over of course God continues yes. to, to work us and uh, and I love that you know you're not the person God that you want to be but yeah. thank God you're not who you used to be uh, well thanks Mark for coming in and appreciate also your, your help with the Sherathons and your support and you know you, you've been a great blessing to the, to the station so thank you thank you very much Dave yeah, and uh, another great story. You know, God works so powerfully in people's lives through others, either even the the, the Lutheran young man, and of course uh, this beautiful long black haired lady that he Mark saw it in class at Georgia Tech, and what an influence that she has had on his life. And so uh, we really appreciate the uh, the testimony very much. And I always like to say, hey, if you know a great story, we always like to hear good stories. Uh, even if they don't directly have something to do with Catholic Radio, we just love to hear how God is moving in people's lives. And so if you have a suggestion for a future interview here on the Interview of the Week, you can contact me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And um, uh, thanks for Diane for her help uh, producing the program and for you listening and supporting uh, the network. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you. Join Claritas Catholic Men's Fellowship on Thursday, May 19th for a whiskey tasting, cured meats, cigars, and a guest speaker, Dr. Christopher Malloy. Dr. Malloy is a professor of theology at the University of Dallas and will be signing copies of his new book, False Mercy, Recent Heresies, Distorting Catholic Truth. The event is open to Catholic men aged 18 and older and space is limited. Register now at claritas.page. That's claritas.page. 
Little Angels Catholic Store is a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They're located in Capel on Sandy Lake Road, just west of St. Anne Parish. As we approach the glorious season of Easter, it's time to consider gifts to celebrate the occasion. Plus, if you have friends or loved ones coming into the church or receiving the sacraments of First Holy Communion or Confirmation, Little Angels has an array of gifts for such occasions. You can learn more by visiting littleangelscatholicstore.com or by calling 972-304-5200. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer. Diane is running the board. And I want to thank my uh, friend Shelly Stanzel, uh, who is involved with Birth Choice of Dallas, for recommending uh, this interview with somebody I am very familiar with because she has been kind enough to come into the studio uh, two times to do uh, interviews. And she's got a fascinating story. I think you're really going to enjoy uh, getting to know Amy Wasileski. Uh, the name may sound familiar if you're a regular listener to Catholic Radio, but uh, we're going to be talking about uh, her new role as a board member of Birth Choice of Dallas. Uh, BirthChoiceDallas.org is their website. So Amy Wasileski, uh, thanks for being on the program today. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for inviting me back on. I, I love being to talk with our Catholic audience about the good work that we're, we're doing in the world and this next step that I'm taking. So thank you for the invitation. Yeah, yeah I, I know some people, if they're saying, that name sounds so familiar, well, we highlighted Amy's uh, story in our Christmas Shurathon. Uh, the theme was the gift of the gift of God, and uh, we gave away an extended version of her uh, story. And so this one's going to be a little bit shorter, and we want to focus on birth choice. But I don't think we can't not say a little bit about your story, uh, Amy. Sorry, I did a double negative, uh, especially for a school teacher. But uh, let's let's um, gosh, where do we start? Uh, you were, as I recall, raised in a in a, in a good family. You kind of went a little off track and. Um, you're a board member of Birth Choice now, but at one point in your life, you worked for Planned Parenthood and were on the board of Planned Parenthood. So you've done a full 180. Can can you kind of take us back then and tell us some of the highlights of uh, your early life and, and that that time period of your life? Yes, I'm, I'm happy to. It's good to see how, how God works in our lives and, um, and miracles do happen, and I'm, I'm an example of that. As you mentioned, Dave, I was raised in a very loving, kind home, um, but one that did support uh, things such as uh, birth control and abortion. And it was due to that belief that it was very much celebrated when I uh, took a job with Planned Parenthood. Um, and then after that, after I moved on in my career, I then went back and joined the board of Planned Parenthood, a very coveted role in the community of which I lived and one that I aspired to have and was, was proud to have. Um, thanks to God intervening and helping me realize the realities of abortion, I quit the board. I subsequently became Catholic, made a major change in my life, and I am so pleased to, as you said, do a, a complete 180 and now be a board member of Birth Choice of Dallas. Yeah, I always wonder why conversions aren't more common. You see like some of these very pro-abortion politicians or famous mm-hmm. people and uh, you very rarely ever hear of somebody doing a complete 180. And so that's why I think mm-hmm. that your story is so uh, fascinating. A couple of the other things that uh, just to kind of show, like you say, how miraculous and how amazing it was, uh, uh, one of the interesting stories of your life was when you were in, in, in the, the, the time of college in your life, you had a, a nickname, the condom lady. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was the behind that? 
Sure. So I was a resident assistant at a very progressive liberal school in, in Oregon, and I firmly believed in healthy relationships, which, of course, I still believe in healthy relationships. I just happen to believe that the best way is a Catholic marriage to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I understood and believed that birth control was the right thing. And so I, um, on a regular basis, I had condoms available in the dorm to be distributed. I, I uh, made sure that Students had access to birth control education. I, I took students to the health center for um, STD tests and pregnancy tests. And so um, that was something that I really believed and thought was the right thing, was to have um, birth control readily available for, for students. And I made that happen. Yeah. And um, and then there was, uh, you mentioned that at a certain point in time, uh, you basically made the determination that you could no longer be pro-abortion. And I know a lot of things led up to this moment, but since we're doing kind of a a brief interview, uh, tell us about the the luncheon for Planned Parenthood and what exactly happened. I think this kind of, uh, you know, big, big moment in your life. It was. And this was um, when I was on the board at Planned Parenthood and and I had a, um, a dear friend um, who was really questioning me about my beliefs on abortion and birth control. And I felt that if I was going to be an advocate for this, I really needed to make sure that I um, was able to support that. And so I was looking into it more closely and really started to question whether or not birth control and abortion were the right things. So I started opening my heart up to that reality of whether or not it was was true and looking closely at abortion specifically. And um, as I questioned it, it was pretty scary because I'd always believed that abortion was the right thing and it was a clump of cells and it happens early. It's not a big deal. But then um, during that time period, we had a Roe v. Wade celebration as part of of Planned Parenthood, a celebration. We came together for cocktails and appetizers to celebrate what you know, what we was the right thing we thought at the time. And while I was at that event, one of the staff members said she wanted to share a a moment that happened in the clinic that day to really emphasize what was um, miraculous and wonderful about what we did at Planned Parenthood. And she said a client came in to receive services, as we called them, you know, an abortion. And as they were talking, the client noticed that the Planned Parenthood um, uh, member, the um, staff member, that she was also pregnant. And so um, they commented that they were both pregnant, um, but of course the client was going to end her pregnancy. And then the staff member continued to say how wonderful it was they were able to provide these services to this woman in her time of unexpected pregnancy and that she would be able to go on and live a fruitful life and so forth. And as she told the story, I could easily picture these two women sitting in a room looking at each other and both of them pregnant and both of them having children growing in their womb. And that's when it hit me that one of those children, one of those, she's going to die and one of them is going to live and they are exactly the same. We celebrate one and we kill the other. And why are we celebrating this? And that's when it hit me. There's no difference at all. And that's when I put down my glass of wine and I walked into the parking lot and I burst into tears. I just, I realized how dumb I had been. Yeah. Amazing. And then what a disconnect, you know, for somebody like Mm -hmm. you say, this lady really thought, and I'm sure a lot of people in the crowd thought this was a a beautiful story. And, uh, you know, from a pro-life perspective, you're thinking that's, 
That's awful. I mean, how could you yeah. not make that connection? And thank, thanks be right. to God you did. Um, so, so, uh, so for no, no turning back at that point. And, <laughs> you know, you're marching and I know it was a, a rough journey and you lost friends and, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy, uh, you know, it's not a walk in the park. But you also, at this point in your life, uh, thereabouts, became Catholic. Can you tell about that mm-hmm. decision? I did. And so this was a time in my life when I was really, really trying to be the best version of, of myself. Um, I'd been divorced. Um, I was really just really trying to get my, my feet back under me. I'd never had God in my life in a, in a significant way. And so I thought, I'm just going to try God. You know, maybe that's the next step in, in who I need to be. And so started learning about that, determined that, yes, Jesus was real, <laughs> and then determined that, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to go to the source. So there are so many, so many churches, so many denominations, but which one is the right one? And as I did my research, I learned coming home to Jesus means coming home to the Catholic faith. And with that meant I really did need to evaluate my views on abortion and marriage and family and faith and life and um, and hit it hard, and I did. And that's when I realized that if I really want to be who God meant me to be, it's in the arms of the Catholic Church. Yeah, certainly. And um, now you're, like I said at the beginning, a board member with Birth Choice. How mm-hmm. did how did this relationship start? And you know what 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 exactly? How did the, were those connections made initially with Birth Choice? Well, what I love about how, how God works in our lives is, is when I made that decision years ago that abortion is wrong, I immediately went to God and say, how do I make this right? How do I fix it? And I, I need to do, I need to go back, I need to confess, I need to do all this, these things to make right. And, and God told me to be patient and to wait. And because I, he knew I needed to heal from, from what I had done and what I participated in. And so I did wait. And then about a year and a half ago, some lovely students at the school where I teach approached me and said, um, would I be interested? They asked if I'd be interested in being their um, faculty advisor for their pro-life club. I looked up to heaven and I just said, thank you, God. You know, I was patient and this was the answer to that prayer. I said, of course, I'll be the faculty sponsor of your pro-life club. And these wonderful high school students are doing an amazing job serving God in the pro-life movement. They started volunteering, and one of the places where they volunteered was Birth Choice. So they shared with me what Birth Choice was about. I had, was not familiar myself. They then shared with Birth Choice the story of their faculty advisor and my previous work with Planned Parenthood. They then contacted me to see how I could be involved. Did they, when they asked you to be their advisor for the Pro Life Club, did they know your story, or were they, were you just a nice, nice teacher that they thought would do, do well there? They, they already knew about it. Well, they did. They actually, they approached um, my husband, who's also a teacher here, and they, they knew about, you know, his faith and, and his belief, and they knew he would be, um, you know, a good fit as an advisor for their club. And he said to them, you know, actually, I think you need my wife. And they said, well, why? We don't know her very well. And he said, because she used to work for Planned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if there's anyone who is, is, uh, is pro-life and someone who is passionate about, um, about what women go through and men go through and, and saving children, it's her. And so I think you should ask her. 
<laughs> yeah, and and I remember my daughter. I think it was last year uh, said she was going to a birth choice event, and some of those other. My my daughter, of course, goes to your school. Uh, for the listeners' pers- uh, point of view, um, uh, information, uh, but they were they were going to an event, and uh, none other than Amy Wasilewski was going to be the mm-hmm. speaker at the birth choice event. So this was an opportunity for the birth choice folks to really to see and hear your story, maybe for some of them for the first time. Uh, tell us about that uh, that opportunity and kind of what was your message that day? Yes, it was really an honor to speak to um, the attendees of that event. Um, and what I loved about being able to speak with them is, is everyone that was there is someone that, that supports life, that supports um, supporting women and men that are in a, a situation they didn't expect to find themselves in and helping them really build that culture of life. And so I thought, well, how do I craft this message to them? And so I stood up and I told my story and shared with them that they may have uh, misconceptions about what a pro-choice person thinks and who a pro-choice person is. And so I literally showed them the face of someone who, who believed for a majority of her life that abortion was a reasonable and appropriate decision to make and shared with them how important compassion is how important it is to meet women where they are in their life journey, in their decision, and to recognize that miracles happen, as happened with me, that a woman can find herself with an unexpected pregnancy and then think that she is going to abort that child and then realize that she can't. But now she is faced with no support because everyone in her life believes that abortion is okay. And that's where I was. That's what I felt. And as you said, I lost all my friends through this process. So I was trying to explain to them in my speech that um, it, it's really it, it's challenging to consider why somebody would consider abortion if you've never considered that. And I tried to share with them why that might happen. Yeah, and it really gives hope uh, for the you know the people I mentioned, you know, politicians or famous people or or not so famous people that seem to be so dug in. Uh, to their pro-abortion, pro-contraception uh, viewpoint, as you were, uh, you know, there's hope for everybody. And I think you'd probably have to agree, a lot of this is just the grace of God. I mean, there's clearly God's grace was being poured upon you at that time in your life, wasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was not me. Um, the only role I played was opening my heart to God. He yeah. did the rest. Yeah. So now you're a board member of Birth Choice. <laughs> if yes. I had said that to you, uh, you know, 20 years ago, you probably would have thought I was crazy. Uh, <laughs> yes. And what, tell us, I mean, how many board members are there? What is your role? How often do you meet? What, what's the, the point of the, of the board? That's a great question. So it is a governing board, and um, it's, a, it's, it's a nice size. It's not huge. It's just the right amount for board members to be involved in um, subcommittees that um, our whole purpose of as the board is, of course, you know, the oversight and the organizational health of the organization. But it's also about building the morale of the staff members who are there because they are the front line serving the clients that walk in. So we help out with fund development. We help out with oversight. We help out with bringing um, donors and supporters in and getting the word out to um, women and men who are in need of, of these services that they provide. And uh, we've had a long, uh, just great relationship with uh, Birth Choice. Uh, 
and uh, you know continue to, to this day and I've done many many interviews with uh, the mm-hmm. executive directors and Aaron Fowler has you know been been here a number of times as well uh, for those who are listening and maybe the, this is the first time they've heard of birth choice and they don't even know what we're talking about uh, well what's mm-hmm. what's the mission what's the purpose what kind of things do they, what kind of services do they provide yes um, so what they do is um, they're an organization whose mission is empowering women and men to make informed decisions, informed decisions about what's happening in their life at that time with respect to dignity and the integrity of every human life. And it's flexible to meet the needs of those clients. So it's not a cookie cutter approach. Um, uh, We recognize that when a woman walks through that door with an unexpected pregnancy, that she doesn't know what to do. And so we have professional counseling available. We have pregnancy tests available, ultrasounds, and education classes as well to help her with that journey. So each time a woman walks through that door, um, she's greeted with someone who says, you know, we're here to help. How can we help you? And the end result is helping that woman empowering her to really make a life decision that is her decision to be made. And that's where that professional counseling um, comes into play. And it must be really uh, surreal to you in a way to be right there at Birth Choice, which uh, some people may may not know, on the corner of, I believe, Greenville and Royal, where on one corner you've got Birth Choice, on another corner of that intersection you have Planned Parenthood. And do you feel like that's just like your life? <laughs> I mean, we're right, right, right there on that well, that intersection. It is, and and what's, that's actually what's next door is it's not Planned Parenthood. It's a, it's Southwestern Women's. Oh, okay, Center, yeah, right. But it okay. is a one of the largest providers, and it is surreal. Um, I was at a board meeting um, just this week. And I drove up and I parked in front of the Women's Surgery Center in the parking lot and just started talking with God about that. And I saw women um, coming out of there and I just started praying for them and praying that they would have a conversion, um, that their guardian angel would be close by and that they would feel the hand of, of Mother Mary guiding them towards our Lord. Because I, were, I was that woman that walked into Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I was the woman who was there to think that abortion was okay, and these women don't know that. And my heart was just breaking for them as I saw them come and go out of that facility. Yeah, it's, it's a real irony because on the one hand, your story, your past, your background makes you, I think, a more powerful witness for the pro-life cause but that's not like in the same way we want to say, I think a bunch of people should get on the board of Planned Parenthood so that they can, <laughs> you know. Uh, but at the same way, God works in mysterious ways. And in, in your particular story, it, it almost seems like it was a, I don't know if I want to say a benefit, but that, that experience you had really makes you a more, more powerful witness, doesn't it? It does. And that's what, that's what I asked of God is I said, I want to use this. And um, because of this experience, I want to be able to help bring men and women to the decision that abortion is, is wrong and for a, a number of reasons. And because I was on the other side, I can understand it. And I can understand how I changed my mind and why someone would be tempted to think that um, it is okay. To, to end the life because they might not think it is even a life at that point. Yes. Uh, Amy Wazaleski is my guest, board member of Birth Choice, their website, birthchoicedallas.org, if you want to learn uh, about more about their mission and many of the things going on. Uh, Amy, is are you aware of any, uh, you know, the people listening right now, and they, they may want to volunteer, they may want to donate to Birth Choice, they may want to, you know, attend events, anything that you can provide us with as far as 
you know, volunteer opportunities or maybe even imply. No, I know Aaron recently told me about a couple of employment opportunities there. Uh, yeah. what, what, what's, what should our listeners know? Well, um, I think what they should know is that um, birth choice functions because of um, you know, the, the volunteers that help out, but most importantly, they function because of the prayers that are said um, on behalf of the work that, that they're doing. One of the things I love about um, their, the way that they provide, the way they receive donations is that they ask for donations and prayers with them, asking for um, prayers for courage for the women and men who walk through the door and are on the fence. And so praying for courage is just one of the strongest things that we can do um, with this organization. In addition to that, um, they are, do a fantastic job um, serving uh, the, their clients thanks to volunteers, thanks to donations, and thanks to um, spreading the word about what we do. Uh, the event last year that I spoke uh, is Brunch and Bubbly. Um, it will be coming up May 15th, uh, 2022. It's a lovely event. It's a women's event. Um, bring your bestie and uh, really celebrate life. It's a, it's a lovely event for that. And Birth Choice does a great job, not only meeting the clients where they are, but also the volunteers where they are. So reaching out to them um, and saying, I, I want to help, um, they do a nice job of, of helping people um, participate and assist in a way that's meaningful for them and then beneficial to the clients that are served. All right, very good. And you can find out all, all that information at birthchoicedallas.org, birthchoicedallas.org. We've been speaking to Amy Wazaleski, a new board member uh, with Birth Choice. And I've had so many people that have heard your other interviews, Amy, and they say, mm-hmm. you know, that not only has she got a great story, but you speak so well and eloquently, and you're just such an amazing spokesperson for uh, the cause. So thank you for, uh, you know, like you said, opening your heart to God's prompting and uh, the, your your topsy turvy roller coaster life, but uh, you've 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 landed in a great place there. And uh, I know, and I will say also, you talk about this friend that was challenging you. That friend <laughs> turned out to be your husband one day, didn't he? <laughs> yes, that's the that's the end of that story. Um, <laughs> the lovely part of that is how angry he was um, when he knew I was going to the Roe v. Wade event, and um, that anger was well placed, and that friendship um, blossomed. And now I am very blessed to be yeah. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Wazalis. <laughs> That's what we call uh, righteous anger, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It is, and yeah. you know, all thanks is to the is to God, to the Holy Spirit for yeah. for the life that I'm I'm living today. Amen. Well, thank you for uh, uh, being a, a guest on uh, yet another interview with Dave Palmer, and uh, this has been the interview of the week. I do want to thank Shelley Stansel again for recommending this and for her work uh, with Birth Choice as well. And uh, one last time, birthchoicedallas.org is the website. It's a wonderful organization. Please support them in whatever way you feel inspired uh, to do. And uh, we're very grateful for Amy Wasileski for her time today and for Diane Xavier for her time. And uh, for you, listener, if you have a suggestion for a future interview, I'm, uh, I'd love to get your suggestions because uh, I want to know about all the great stories, uh, Catholic, uh, local Catholic stories here in North Texas for this program. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com is my email address. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week.
Hello, my name is Liz Mertz. My husband, Bill, and I own Mastertech Auto Repair in Plano. We are proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Mastertech is a full-service auto repair for all vehicles, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We are located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. At all ages of life, God may at times seem silent and we can't feel His presence. But don't despair. By faith, we need to persevere even when we can't see, touch, hear, and feel God. Plan to attend Perseverance in Faith in the 11th Annual North Texas Catholic Men's Conference on Saturday, April 30th from 8 to 3.30 p.m. at St. Anne Catholic Church in Capel. We'll have outstanding Catholic speakers and musicians, plus pray, eat, worship, and receive sacraments. Speakers will include Annie Hickman, plus music by the Dave Moore Band. Invite your friends and come in groups. Fish for men 15 years and older, and register today at catholicbrothersforchrist.com. Attention all commercial building owners. Are you having constant problems with roof leaks in your properties? My name is Mari Buford, owner of Buford Roofing and Construction and a longtime sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Water leaks are disruptive and very aggravating. We can explain how these issues can be eliminated if you call us at 817-329-ROOF or on our website at BufordRoofing.com. That's BufordRoofing.com. Hi, this is Dave Palmer. Did you know that every Friday afternoon beginning at 2 p.m., I host a program called Back to the Father on the GRN social media sites? Each week, Cecil, Jonathan, Diane, and I discuss in a fun and lighthearted way some topic related to the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa Theologia. And yes, I did just include fun, lighthearted, and Summa Theologia in the same sentence. If you're interested in the program, email me, davepalmer at grnonline.com, and I'll send you more details.
For listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.